Hi, this is Ethan Burnick, and in this episode of Mastering Public Service, I'm interviewing Rena Neal, who plays various important roles in the greater Manhattan Junction City area. First, she's the controller for the city of Manhattan. A controller is responsible for supervising the quality of accounting and financial reporting of an organization. And while that role is vital, equally important is what she does away from City Hall. She is from the region, growing up in Junction City, and graduating from Kansas State, and she still calls Junction City home. It is the ties to the community that has led her to being so active and involved in the community. Quite honestly, I don't know how she does it. As she talks about, in addition to her work for the City of Manhattan, she is also involved in a number of civic organizations and is an elected official as well, serving as the president of the Gary County School Board. I asked Rena to join me because I think she can provide unique insights into what a day in the life of a City of Employee is like. So we discuss many of the things she does on an everyday basis, but then discuss the way COVID and the economic uncertainty that many cities across the country are facing has changed her role and the role of her department in the city. And then we discuss how they are adapting to it all. We then discuss how she got into politics, why the school board was the avenue she took, and how she sits in both the administrative and political world. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So today I'm joined by a really interesting guest, Rena Neal. I'm excited to talk to Rena, not only because she does some really important things for the city of Manhattan in her role as controller, but she also serves another important role in her hometown as an elected official on the Geary County School Board. It's the Geary County, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and I'm sure we're going to have her talk about that uh, down the road. Um, and I really want to get her to talk about all, all of these roles, but I wanted to also bring her on to just discuss what it's like being in the public sector in general, what an everyday uh, day is like, uh, what are some of the things that are going on given present situations, um, and all of that. So welcome, uh, Rena. Thank you for doing this for us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So we like to start off these interviews um, or discussions always asking you to kind of discuss your career, things like how did you get to where you are, um, what you were doing before, um, why you wanted to go into the public sector. Uh, so if you could just sort of talk a little bit about that, that would be great. Okay, thank you for that question. I haven't had to answer that in a while. But um, it actually started off by taking an accounting class while I was in high school. I initially wanted to be a social worker and I had a mentor while I was in high school and we talked about like career paths and choices. And she had mentioned to me, you know, that social workers were demanding jobs um, and career paths and that they were underpaid. And so being a high school student, not really having a lot of experience and exposure to um, college and those type of connections. Um, I'm a first generational college student. So I didn't know other career paths to um, choose. I didn't have a lot of other 
um, mentors and influencers in my life, except for educators. And so I took an accounting class and it changed my life. Um, the class, you know, dealt with math and problem solving. I thoroughly enjoy math to this day. Um, I think I'm a problem solver. I think that's why I'm also on the school board, but I still have a connection with that um, teacher and it's been over 20 plus years. Um, I go to her class and talk to her class about my job in the accounting world. It's a little bit different than what she's teaching in terms of tax and audit, but I still give students um, an understanding that there are other careers in accounting. So I do have that relationship with her. But then once you know I graduated from high school from Junction City, I chose to start my journey in accounting by majoring in um, business administration at K-State. I graduated with my degree in accounting and a minor in economics, and I started working for the city of Manhattan. I've been doing that for 18 years. So that's the only job I've really truly had. Um, you asked, what did I do before coming to the accounting profession? Um, while in high school, I did get a little introduction to public sector. I worked for the city through a grant program with the um, county treasurer's office. So I learned about special assessments, which is something that I do with the city of Manhattan. I learned about customer service in terms of helping people um, register their vehicles, um, office administration and things like that. So that was my first introduction to public sector um, government work. And then I've been there ever since. So I know it's not as easy to say, why did you choose the public sector? But you did have a, a degree in business. Um, what, was there anything that sort of moved you towards the beyond maybe that the job was just there? But did you, um, was there anything that pushed you more towards the public side than the, the private world? Yes. Yeah, so while I was at K-State, I also, we all had to take a um, not-for-profit government class. And that is something that interested me the most. We learned about, you know, accounting for not only cities and um, counties and states, but also um, other nonprofits, as well as hospitals and school districts. And so to me, that seemed more in alignment with what I wanted to do. I knew from taking classes that I did not want to be in the tax world or auditing world. And it's only because of the, the time commitment. And I've known quite a few people that have started their careers out in the accounting um, field in terms of tax and audit. And then they worked there for a few years and then they've, they've actually switched to a myriad of different professions, but a lot of them actually do come into the um, public sector world and become um, finance people there, whether controllers or finance directors. So um, I had that experience and knowledge about that as well in terms of just even coming to work for the city of Manhattan. A lot of our CPAs had previously worked in the uh, audit world and they were tired of that. So I just knew I didn't want to do that. That's something I didn't want to do. I also could have went the corporate route. I have a really good friend that works for Phillips 66 and we are both from Junction City, had the same teacher, took the same path in accounting, stuck with it, but we, we didn't go the traditional tax or audit route. Yeah, I have a number of friends who w did do the sort of traditional tax route, work for the, I don't know, at one point it was big six companies or whatever mm -hmm. those and they're out of that now because it was just it wasn't fun it was too much it was 
It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And yeah. so you've seen a lot of people move towards the public sector because of yeah. various things that allow them to do that. Yes. Yeah. So before we move on, could you, wh what exactly is your job? What What is the <laughs> controller? Well, I, you know, I'd have to look at my job description to really give people the true understanding of what it is. But um, really, I serve as the person that's responsible for like all of our accounting and treasury functions within the organization, um, oversight of daily operations in the accounting division, um, working with our auditors and helping prepare our financial report, anything that comes in and out of our accounting system. So accounts payable, receivable, project and grant fund accounting, as well as I also delve on the treasury side. So helping with our banking and our debt um, issuance and financial management, as well as investments. So how's that? So that... really, go ahead. I'm sorry. They're really two different jobs, but they're combined into one. So controller has more accounting related and treasurer is more finance. And I, I know I'm an accounting side of the um, table person, but I do help with the um, finance treasury investment side as well. Okay. So do you work with the finance director or is it? Yes, okay. I do. So the finance director is this supervising department head of the finance department. Um, within a finance department, typically you'll have um, controller responsibilities. So audit, accounting, financial reporting, treasury in terms of investment, debt management, but then you also have budget. And within the city of Manhattan, we also um, are responsible for IT in the finance department as well as customer service. So dealing with um, water utility billing as well as any other services that the public needs. Jeez, that's, that's a lot. You know, it's, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always tell our students is that um, a lot of our theories in the Masters of Public Administration program are built on uh, cities that are like really big, re I mean, like really, really big and have yeah. separate IT departments, separate, you know, finance, separate this, separate that. And what you realize is that most, most governments have to do a lot of bit of a little bit, you know, a little bit of a lot of stuff and that it's not that simple. So. Exactly. And that's something, you know, when preparing for our conversation today, in terms of just giving some advice to young people. And I know we'll talk about that um, later. I say young people, but students in college. Um, you, you have to be adaptable and flexible. There's no one um, right way to go down the public sector route. No entity is the same. County, school district, um, city, state, it's just even nonprofit. It's totally different depending on um, where you are, how big the community is and the budget in terms of um, allowing for staffing. And so we are considered a first class city within the state of Kansas. So anytime that we're looking at changing anything within the finance department or the organization as a whole, we try to um, look at what other first class cities within the state of Kansas are doing to help us in that respect. What is What does the first class city mean? It is based on size of your population and your budget. And um, so 
that is, there's, I, I don't, I honestly don't deal with that in terms of my daily work. We right. really look at that in terms of budget. And so I'm not on the budget side. I do help with budget as well. Yeah. But um, it is the size and structure of your government um, as well as your budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I wanted to ask you some sort of more general questions about um, sort of what it's like right now. But I think I'll save that maybe to a little bit towards the end. And I mean, you sort of brought it up about you do a lot of you do a lot of this, a little bit of that, you know. And so um, one of the things that um, we often realize is that some of our students don't always know exactly what they're getting into when they get into their job in the in the public sector. Or um, and so, can you? And I don't know if this is too basic or not, but can you discuss what a typical day is like? What is your day like? So a typical day like for me is I get up and I just start looking at emails. Um, I get a lot of emails. Um, I feel like the finance department in any organization is a service oriented um, department. It is you know, we work in the public sector, which is service oriented in general, but we are service, we provide service to our internal customers, which is the other departments, as well as outside to the public, as well as in terms of paying um, bills and things like that and receiving money. But um, so I'm looking at emails, I'm checking them, make sure that I am to those um, and you zoom a lot. Um, so um, looking at our accounting system is my main responsibility, making sure that everything is reconciling with that, um, assisting my people that I supervise, um, whether they need um, things added to the accounting system, clarification on the, uh, the proper way to treat something from an accounting standpoint, my other accounting professionals that I work with in terms of for budget as well as audit, and then also city leadership and anything that they have coming down the road in terms of debt financing. So no one day is the same except for checking emails and being of service. But in terms of what that looks like each day, it could, it's totally different. Yeah. Do you get a lot of emails from citizens? Is that is that who you're getting them from? I get my emails are from majority staff in, inside the organization. I do get emails from the citizens. Um, the city of Manhattan has a special assessment process and program potential um, buyers or the sellers of properties in terms of their special assessments when they're coming on, when they're going off, if they can pay them off early, and um, also phone calls. Um, we just recently re um went into a lease purchase um, to get new phone system, voice over IP. And it has been a whirlwind to have that now that we're in. Now that we're in this telecommunicating world, um, and you kind of brought this up, how has the day changed now because of all the different COVID changes and, and, and the like? So back in March, when we first decided to close City Hall to the public, um, 
we sent staff home if we could. Um, if they were more clerical, administrative work, they were able to go home and we found ways to allow them to telework. So they took their computers home. Um, if they needed extra equipment, such as printers and stuff like that, we made those accommodations for them. But it's caused us to adjust um, in terms of our daily work schedule. It's not a typical eight to five for a majority of us anymore. We also had to um, figure out ways to get the information we need to continue to process um, bills. So I, I also supervise accounts payable and receivable. And regardless of what you know, telework status or for in person, we still need to make sure that we are adhering to deadlines. And so processing invoices is their number one priority. And we're a paper department. Um, I think just like to touch and fill the paper, but we know that there's other um, organizations and companies that provide um, paperless products and systems for their organizations. So we've tried to create a more streamlined paperless um, way of processing accounts payable. So we, you know, a lot of our vendors email us their invoices and statements. So then we'll just push that back out to the departments. But then once the departments code, they like to print and then bring in city hall. So we're trying to find ways to improve the way we process um, transactions and be responsive to not only the vendors, but um, our internal customers, the departments that we serve as well. Yeah. So in some ways, it seems like it's allowing you to have a little bit of try new things, right? At least be a little innovative. Yes. Right? That that it's changing. It has so, allowed us to be. Yeah, it has. Um, it's it's kind of hard to do that because of just the climate that we're in. You know, with um, COVID, you know, things shutting down within the city. The city relies on sales tax and property tax to function and operate to provide the services. So, you know, within the city, we've had to um, look at the budgets and make some, you know, concessions there. So um, it's created some work on other departments. And so we're just mindful of, you know, while we need to work on improving and being responsive to vendors in this time that we also need to be considerate and mindful of what the other departments have to deal with because of, um, not being able to operate at their capacity due to us being in um, a COVID-19 situation. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would want to be the decision makers like yourself in the in the city. It seems like a really difficult decision so, time right now. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I um, I'm one layer removed from that. Our <laughs> directors and our department heads. Um, they have spent an inordinate amount of time dealing with um, just changes to like our work structure as how we deal with the, you know, federal laws that have come about because of COVID-19, as well as just trying to make sure that, you know, the employees are taken care of from an um, employee um, assistance standpoint for work-life balance. Um, it's been a lot of work that they put in to um, deal with that, as well as dealing with the budget as a result of, you know, things not um, coming in as they sh would like to because of things just shutting down for the first three or so months um, when we first learned that we needed to close back in March. So we're 
you know, steadily getting back to um, operating in the buildings. Um, they opened back up in um, July. And um, now that school started back up and the cases are starting to rise again, that may adjust all over again. But at least we have a model. We started it out in March and we fine-tuned and tweaked it. And so we'll be prepared again if we have to um, shut back down or go to a reduced force again. Yeah. So you feel comfortable. I don't know if we can, anybody can feel comfortable, but like the model is there now and then you feel like we've at least done stuff. Oh yeah, we um, created a business continuity plan. We had one in place before all of this came about in terms of if there was ever a pandemic, but each department worked on what they would do if we would have to shut down and it's constantly reviewed and updated and um, shared out with the um, workforce. And we get emails daily about what's going on in the Manhattan community from the public information officer, but then on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, the city manager, with the help of the department heads, have updated the, the business continuity plan and just gives us additional guidance as to what um, they're working on and what we're looking forward, looking towards in terms of, you know, the next few weeks and things. Yeah, I think that's really, seems like that's really necessary. Okay, can, can I switch subjects now? Yes. You can. Okay. So one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about is that you're in this unique position because you're not only a, a public sector, public servant, public sector employee, but you're also an elected official, right? And yeah. um, can you, um, well, can you first talk a little bit about your your role for the the public schools in Gary County. Yes, I can talk about my role from that. Um, I'm not a politician by <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Um, me running for the school board is something that I would have never envisioned for my life. But I got into, you know, I think I'm a servant leader at heart. And so just volunteering with our school district in terms of jobs for America's graduates and communities and schools, they are both programs that are um, geared towards um, making sure that at-risk students have the resources that they need to complete high school on time. So I just volunteered with them. I volunteered with some other organizations within the community, served on our steering committee for our um, new high school, as well as helped with the bond campaign. Um, my role with the bond campaign for the new high school was talking about finances. Um, I understood the finance piece from the beginning of the steering committee. I sat down with the financial advisor that the school district had. I sat down with the operations officer and could articulate in layman's terms to our steering committee, about 50 community members, what this meant for our community. And then once we realized that we needed a new high school, I said um, I would stay on to help with the um, campaign process. And that was my role is to help educate the community about the importance of not only the new high school for our community and our students, but also um, the financial piece and how we could afford to build a new high school without increasing the mill levy and changing our, our current tax structure. And it's a unique situation that I think probably only the um, military connected communities have the fortune of 
dealing with, we receive heavy impact aid. And so I was able to communicate that to the public. And then once I just started attending school board meetings, um, I just felt that I could, you know, serve in another capacity. And I, so I decided to run. Um, I was elected. The bond election passed at the same time. So that was truly like a life-changing, unforgettable experience and humbling as well to be able to serve on the board of education from the district from which I graduated. So, you know, my role on the school board, you know, is to make sure that you know, we are making sure that we have a quality education system, safe environment for our students, um, as well as fiscal responsibility. And so I really truly believe that all of my work on, um, not only in the civic organizations I belong to dealing with finance, accounting and treasury work, but also of course my controller accounting experience with the city of Manhattan really helps me being on the school board from the standpoint of the fiscal responsibility side. Um, I understand budgets, I understand the debt finance piece, the investment side of things. So when we are having those discussions at the table, I can help the rest of the community and board understand what our um, finance officer, our financial advisors are providing and even the audit side of things as well. So it's like a reiteration of what she's already providing. I can provide it in a, in a, the same form, the same response, but in more of a layman's terms um, and just my parallel to what I do at work. Do you think that the, um, you, you mentioned sort of the layman's terms, do you think that that being that elected official trying to translate stuff to the public has maybe changed or provided, um, I don't know, information about how you do your job as, as in Manhattan? Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, I reference my work. Everybody knows that I live in Junction City, work in Manhattan. So I reference my my responsibilities at work a lot when I'm at the board table or I'm working with um, the civic organizations that I'm in. It really, I think, helps um, to for others to get a better grasp of those concepts. Um, if it's broken down by somebody else that's doing the work, sometimes I think, um, you know, in at an elected official capacity, you know, we're forced to, um, not, and I wouldn't say forced, you know, we are asked to rely upon the experts and depending on where you come from in the elected official capacity. So, you know, we have, you know, a doctor on our board, we have retired individuals, we have engineers, we have, um, other public officials and from a county. It just depends on just your experience and in the the world, what you bring to the table in terms of school board, um, especially school board. And even I would say city and county elected official positions as well. We we all have strengths, I think, that um, we can bring to the table. And I think my finance background really helps discuss you know, the budgets, um, capital improvement plans. Um, and if we're not on that track, what we should be doing. Um, we talked, we've learned and talked about different ways to do debt financing in terms of choosing to do lease purchases instead of always, you know, spending cash to purchase certain things. So I feel like um, 
that background that I have has helped a lot in terms of moving the conversation forward. We continue to talk about the high school. Um, it's, it'll be done in 2021. But all the information that I learned during that time has continued to play now. I, I continue to rely upon the financial advisor information. I can explain that stuff. Um, we talk about assessed valuation, mill levies. It really helps for somebody else to be able to expand upon and reiterate what our finance director for the school district is um, giving out. Because sometimes the public, you know, doesn't always trust um, when it comes to finances. You know, when you say you're not going to increase the mill levy, that's really hard to get people to understand. Um, it really is. And so it's, it's math, it's calculations, it's breaking it down in that respect. And we continue to do that. And um, we're blessed to not have to continue to increase our mill levy um, each year. Um, we're one of the districts that has maintained our mill levy at the rate that we have for at least 10 years. Well, that's great, right? That makes it a lot easier for, for you to make decisions. Yeah. But it is, a, I mean, it is interesting that you talk about how um, a lot about about what you're doing, both in the elected side, but then also your day, your work for the city of Manhattan. You really do have to try to figure out different ways to communicate to the public that you're doing the work for the public, right? That, right. You know, and whether it's using math, whether it's using words, whatever it is, right? That right. you're not, you're not trying to hurt them right that, exactly so that's great um this has been great i have two more questions for you if, that, okay. if, you, don't, if you don't mind and then more your time one of the things that you brought up was um how your your professional organizations that you uh, are members of really important to you or the information can you talk a little bit about the organizations that you belong to or work with and how that has been helpful? Yes. So I seem to find myself involved in anything that has a need for accounting work. So whether it's work now, school board related stuff, but also at my church, I serve as an accountant um, steward for my church. So making sure that you know they have a budget there's financial reports bank reconciliations payment of bills so that's what i do for my church um for my sorority i also am the treasurer for that so i prepare budgets financial reports bank reconciliations it's just those things just come real easy and natural to me and then i've been serving on the gary county food pantry board for the past three years and that's been one of the most I think rewarding of my civic organization's um, experiences. Um, besides my sorority, we, we do a lot of service-oriented projects, but in terms of helping those um, most in need with um, emergency food ser um, services. So I first started volunteering um, with another organization in the community to help provide food to those in need. And then I was asked to serve as um, the treasurer for the food pantry. And so we have a host of volunteers to employees, but then um, we we give money, um, we receive money, I should say, from the community 
Um, but we give food out to those in need. So I just use my finance background to help those um, organizations as well. And it's, um, I pull from that to help me with the school board as well. Um, you, you make connections as well. Um, we utilize the school district and the food pantry. We partner together, my sorority and church, all of, we all kind of just partner together to serve the community, whether it's providing food to, you know, kids during the time that we first went on our quarantine status in March, um, the community banded together and provided meals to the students. Um, school district also came in and assisted with that, providing those meals, breakfast and lunch um, until the end of July, actually. And then now schools open back up and they're back to serving students. But um, sorority, food pantry, church, and then those are my influences as well as school district and the city. They all just run together for me. I don't know how you have time to do anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but that, you know, that's really interesting. And um, we talk about this a lot that the, the sort of traditional understanding of what government does and it's like that government provides services and it's either at the local level or the state level doesn't really work anymore that it's more of a structure where there's a network of lots of different organizations including government providing services to help people right that it's right it's the sorority it's the food pantry it's the nonprofit over here and government and school and the schools working together to sort of help people get through solving problems so exactly and even in this COVID-19 time and especially I know with Manhattan and them doing hybrid I know they've had to um, think outside of the box to help families for those days that um, the students are at home remote so the two days they're at, they're at school that's one thing but then for those families that have to work and they cannot be at home with their students to help them remotely they've been partnering with um, different civic organizations churches to find space to allow those students to come in and to get the help that they need if they can't get it from home yeah it's unique times right yes <laughs> really very. unique times so i'm going to end the end this with one last question um, and I'm going to try to ask this to everybody we, we talk to. If you could give someone advice that's just starting out, so like Rena from 20 years ago um, in the public sector, what would it be? Some just advice for that new employee. Um, I would never imagine or envision myself being in the position that I am right now in terms of the controller. It kind of fell in my lap. I didn't get to say that earlier, but it did. But um, be flexible and adaptable, um, depending on the finances in the organization. Um, that can create some um, challenges in terms of um, staffing. So you'll be asked to be involved and learn things that you probably would have never um, thought that you would have um, been involved in. And I think um, those with the, the MPA background can work in just about any department and, or in an organization. Um, I've known people that have worked um, as HR people that have gone on to work for the state and, 
in the budget department, you know, budget people who went to go work in the city manager's office. So you just have a good foundation to be able to work in any organization, any department. Um, you can spread yourself to anywhere. You just take the opportunity to learn more. Um, and don't be just so pressed to stay within the path that you chose. So um, I know people that um, are really just straight audit people, but now they're getting onto the treasury side. And like I said, audit and accounting and finance are not the same. People think they are. They're both in college of business, but they're not. And so just being open and flexible to switch to a different department side, um, learn new things. Um, in the end, we're all providing a service. Um, and I think one of the things that is beneficial of being in a public service sector is that you get to see like the fruits of your labor. Like I know that I am not an engineer, but I work closely with the public works engineering department and they need to build roads, infrastructure. I help them with that by providing the accounting services as well as the debt management services. And then you get to see, you know, the new roads leading to K-State. You get to see the um, Aggieville parking garage that we've talked about for so long. So, you know, you don't actually get to be out in the field with those people, um, seeing the development um, come to pass, but you you know that the work that you provide assists in getting those things taken care of. And that's rewarding to me. That's great. Thank you so much. You're um, welcome. This has been wonderful. Um, I would encourage you run for something else. You'd be great. I'd vote for you. <laughs> so, so, oh, that's nice. Thank you for everything you're doing. And thanks for talking to me.